This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And this week, we're answering questions about predestination. So here's our question today. I love this question. How does Calvinism affect our role in evangelism and in prayer? Awesome. So let's define Calvinism. Calvin was a um, 16th century French theologian, pastor, preacher, um, very influential, obviously transformed much of the theological framework of Europe at the time, um, inspired, we'll say, generations of theologians from the Puritans to uh, the modern day. And so you'll hear this word Calvinism um, quite a bit. If you read it in American church or American history books, um, usually, usually it's there, meaning history books written for Americans about world history, uh, usually Calvin is like a bad guy. Um, Yeah, so he's not like the winner. Um, So anyways, so Calvin, um, he was one of the first guys, pastors, to articulate for the masses um, the doctrines of predestination and depravity, et cetera. he was one of the first guys to articulate it in a way that was helpful, that people understood, that the masses caught on. Um, his followers developed an acronym, which you'll sometimes hear correlated with Calvinism, called TULIP. Mm-hmm. Um, each letter stands for a different um, doctrine of Calvinism. There are five of them. And just for kicks and giggles, um, T is for total depravity. U is for unconditional election. L is for limited atonement. I is for irresistible grace. And S or uh, P mm-hmm. is for perseverance of the saints. That's TULIP. Each of those are individual doctrines and uh, that together formulate Calvinism. Really in in pop, you'll say Christian culture, it comes down to this. Calvinists believe in predestination and Arminians don't. Arminians um, come from a pastor theologian named Jacob Arminius in the 17th century who was one of the, I think, students or grand students of John Calvin. And uh, he disagreed with Calvin's perspectives. And so he formulated a response to Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically that was based in free will. An election was based on foreknowledge, et cetera. So now if you're not a theology student, um, don't shut off or get lost. But like basically at the end of the day, predest Calvinism is God chose me. Arminianism is I chose, I God. chose God. Okay. And that's the big debate. Mm-hmm. And for Calvinists, this gets really personal because the Calvinists would say, I can't lose my salvation. I can't unchoose God because I never chose God. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be like a pure Arminian, you're going to be able to say, I chose God and therefore I can unchoose God. I got myself into salvation. I can get myself out. Uh, and of course, there are a bunch of hybrids. You'll hear people, mm-hmm. you'll hear people say, he'll hear people say, I'm a three-point Calvinist or I'm a four-point Calvinist. And it's like, no, you're either all in or you're not. I'm just kidding, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> so um, anyways, so it's, it is one of the greatest subjects to study because at its core, what both are trying to tackle are the nature and character of God as it relates to salvation. Um, and so that is kind of Calvinism in general. And uh, Josh's question, Josh, love your question. How does Calvinism, this idea that God chose me, affect our role in evangelizing and praying? So specifically for, praying for the unsaved yes. and praying for God to intervene in lives of those who don't know him. Totally. Like why? Here's the question. Why would I pray for someone to come to Jesus if the only way they're going to come to Jesus is if God chose them? Like why pray for something that's already predetermined? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it is an awesome question. It is a logical question. It's a natural question. And then the other question is, well, why should I even care about sharing the gospel, evangelizing with somebody 
if the people that God chose are going to come to faith in him anyways. Yeah, and then he'll foreordain them into salvation. So therefore, he will make it possible for them to come to faith in Christ. Totally. So um, if we could just boil all this down, um, here's what we would say. However you understand predestination or Calvinism or however whatever word you want to use, however you understand this doctrine, it should not lessen or demotivate your prayer life or your personal evangelism. And if it does, you have fundamentally misunderstood somewhere in some place Calvinism or predestination. Okay? Amen. So um, one of the things, and I just need to get this off the table because you will find on the internet um, – Article after article after article saying, nowhere does the Bible ever say that we should pray for non-Christians. Mm. And I just want to tell you that's not true. And I'm going to give you one clear example and then one implication from it, just to throw this out there. Romans 10.1, Paul says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they might be saved. And he's talking about the people of Israel. The people of Israel, yeah. his, his, his people. His, his people. And uh, so, wait a minute, Paul prays for their salvation. That's what he's saying. Yeah. So if Paul's going to pray for the salvation of lost people... I would think logically he's affirming and advocating that it is okay that to pray. That we could do the same thing. Yes. And not only that we could, but like it's good, good and should. So in 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4, Paul says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So are we just praying that their life is good? No. No. He actually tells us we're praying because we want everybody to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? That's right. And then the response maybe from the Armenian in this, the one who says, no, I choose God, is saying, well, there's no reason to pray if God chooses. I want to flip the question, okay? And I'm going to make two points here, big picture. Number one, the first point we already made is if your understanding of predestination or Calvinism, Calvinism which I think are are correct, uh, then if it lessens or mitigates your desire to pray or evangelize, we have misunderstood something. That's okay? right. Number one. Because we don't know. Even totally. if God does know and he does know. We don't know, so why should we throw our hands up and say, well, you know, we're not a part of the plan? Right. So I want to invert this question now and say, okay, I get it. I, I hear the logical dilemma that you have. Why pray if God already knows who? I want to flip the question and say, okay, I think Arminians have a way bigger problem. Mm -hmm. Like, why pray at all if God can't make them believe? So let me, let me try to illustrate this, okay? Let's say I'm me, Michael, and I'm praying to God that he would save you, Tim, because you're not a Christian. Mm -hmm. But God knows exactly, because he knows everything, what it would take for you to believe in him. So I'm praying, I'm like, God, would you save Tim? Would you just help him? Now, God knows if he does X, if you hear a, the gospel in a certain way or for a, from a certain person that you would believe, and if you don't, you won't. And so, like, is God sitting up in heaven and being like, yep, I could give Tim the knowledge and the experience that he needs to trust in me. But you know what, Michael? You didn't pray hard enough. So I'm going to take him right to the edge, and then he's going to go to hell forever, Michael, because you didn't pray hard enough. It's like, 
No, wow. like, like that to me is insane. So mm-hmm. when an Arminian says they pray for salvation, it sounds noble, but I think the logical issues get even worse. God is sitting up in heaven and he could save anybody, right? But he's like confined by our lack of prayer. Oh man. So it all depends on us again. It all depends on us. It either depends on me praying or you being smart enough or hearing the right argument. Like God knows, like if I'm on the internet, like all I need to see is the right ad that would take me to the right place that would hear a defense for the gospel in the right way that would make me believe. And why doesn't he do that for everybody if he desires everybody to be saved in that way? So I say that to say the question of praying for salvation is not just a Calvinist issue. It's an Arminian issue. Mm -hmm. And I want to come back to my point, which is if your understanding of Calvinism or predestination mitigates or lessens prayer in any way, shape, or form, it's off. I cannot, like, because I've just never understood it totally, I cannot give anybody an awesome, perfect, final answer to how prayer affects someone's salvation who's chosen. I can't. Here's what I can tell you. I love that when I pray, God responds. Mm-hmm. And that response does not mitigate his sovereignty. And in the book of James, he even says, you don't have because you don't ask. Like There are some things in this world that don't happen because you, you don't, don't ask, ask. You know. But here's what I know. When I pray, God moves. I know that. I believe that. I am confident in Amen. that. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I believe that um, God does whatever he wants and only the people whom he has chosen will come to faith in him at the right time in the right way. Um, maybe, I've heard this, um, maybe the prayer is more for me than the person. Maybe the <laughs> prayer is about me um, being able to hear what God wants. I don't know. Like There are a million possibilities. Here's what I know. The Bible advocates praying for the lost. I will pray for the lost. When my understanding of predestination makes me want to stop praying, my understanding of predestination is wrong. Um, I should not stop praying. And it's the same with evangelism. Um, uh, Even though God knows whom he will save, the means by which he has chosen to save them is the proclamation of the gospel. It's a great commission. It's the great commission. It's not a joke commission. It's a Mm -hmm. serious commission. That's right. If we don't preach... They won't hear. And if they don't hear, they can't believe Romans 10. That is God's mode for salvation. It is his mode. Now, will God save them if I don't preach the gospel? The answer is, yeah, he'll bring someone he'll bring else. somebody else if I'm going to be unfaithful. Totally. All I know is I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so this, this, this is where God, um, he ordains the means of salvation, which is he ordains the means that somebody will proclaim the gospel to that person so they hear and believe. But I have the ability to quench the spirit and to not obey and to forfeit some of the privileges that God gives to his children. So many people will never, ever, ever, ever watch someone come to faith in Jesus personally because they won't obey the command to go evangelize. And the people who obey the command to evangelize, statistically speaking, are going to see more people come to faith in Jesus. And I love that in my soul, I am wired with so much stinking joy when I get to watch somebody trust in Jesus right in front of me. Like it is such a cool experience. That's right. It it invigorates me. And and God has made us like that because the Holy Spirit of Jesus gets pumped when people come to faith in him. And that spirit is in me. And when I get to see that, I get pumped, right? Amen. So I would look at people and I would say this, whatever your understanding is, you evangelize and you pray like crazy and any understanding of election, any understanding of predestination that mitigates or lessens your prayer life or your evangelism life is wrong, wrong. or off. And uh, go back to the table. I live personally in a tension where I say, 
I believe at the same time God chooses and at the same time my prayers are effective. I don't know how. I don't know how they can like work. Um, I just believe they do because God says both. Thank you listeners for joining us today. And please don't forget, you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer another question about predestination. Does God ordain every event in human history? Music